0: Squawking Dead, a podcast polarizing episodes of the Walking Dead universe. Sometimes we give you news. I mean, sometimes we make you laugh, but most times we go deep.
1: You need to do that again, but happier.
0: <laughs> we, <laughs> we are Squawking Dead
1: <laughs> podcast
0: polarizing episodes of the Walking Dead <laughs> universe. Sometimes we give you news. Sometimes we make you laugh. But most times, we go deep. You happy? You made the monkey dance, Jasmine.
1: I mean, I didn't read like that. Can you do it again, but like in between?
0: We are Squawking Dead, a podcast pulverizing episodes of the Walking Dead universe. Sometimes we give you news, sometimes we make you laugh. But most times, we go deep. I'm your host, David Cameo, and I'm joined by Cosmom09, Rachel Burt. Sharon D.A.K. Blazy Gardner and Jasmine.IAC on Instagram. She hates it when I do that. (laughs) Sort of a little. (laughs) Today we're talking about the 13th episode of The Walking Dead, season 11. Titled, Warlords. Yeah, and we're here again. Uh, we just recorded episode 11-12 yesterday, that was The Lucky Ones, and today's basically the not-so-lucky ones, Ep- episode 13, Booga Booga. I think the general consensus is that we're largely semi-underprepared, mentally speaking. I think we're just as about as prepared as we could be, uh, having just recorded yesterday. But it's glad. I'm glad to see Rachel back again. Hi, uh, how you doing? Hi, hi, hi. They said, how are you doing? How are, how are
2: oh, you how doing? Oh, how am I doing? I'm doing well. Yeah.
0: What, what took you away from us yesterday?
2: My parents throw a St. Patrick's Day party every year, and yesterday happened to be the day of their party. So I was drinking <laughs> heavily. <laughs>
0: <clears throat> I saw that Eric was serving the drinks. Was that true?
2: <laughs> yes. Yep. My husband bartended in the Burnside Scots-Irish pub. Yeah. Do you have
0: to say it that way, I suppose, right? Yeah. Scots-Irish pub.
2: The Scots-Irish pub. Mm-hmm. What well, was he dressed as? A bishop. He had a hat, but it didn't fit his head, so.
0: <laughs> Why? He so we had to skip the hat. Actually, wore it. I know, what,
2: right? What? I'm like, I could like cut it. I could cut it, and then we could duct tape it to your head. I'm like, come on, if the drag queens can do it, you can do it. Just, just put just one, one of those birthday it. party straps. What about
3: staples?
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's had staples in his head, so we totally could have done that.
3: He's like used to yeah, it.
2: He is. Uh, you had it's you had an adorable course. little leprechaun hanging out too. I did. My son dressed up like a leprechaun. <laughs> he hated he every so second cute. of it, but I'm he sure did he really it anyway. Adorable. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> he would have a, a change of attitude if he actually saw the movies. Did he see the movies? Leprechaun He movies?
2: He has not. Yeah, he probably would have been doing that the whole time if he had seen the movies.
0: Yeah. Like, Honey, see, I'm doing you a favor. People. Enter leprechaun movie. This is so yep. cool. I didn't know the Irish had such a frightening character. They don't. That's <laughs> cultural appropriation, son. <laughs> so
1: was, they wanted.
0: Okay. Well, uh, let's talk about failings. I
1: thought you said o- failings. Overall.
0: Let's talk about failings in this episode. Let's be like other failings. Walking Dead podcasts. <laughs> How do you guys feel about this episode, or have you not been able to process it? Let's start with Rachel, because uh, she's been gone.
2: Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> she she yeah, abandoned I- us. So I'm, like, ha- like I have half feelings, and then the other half, I definitely do need to, like, give it another couple of watches. I mean, I did like it. A lot of good nuggets in there. And after Sheridan and I kind of talked about it more, and I understand the, the time jumps and everything a little bit better, I actually really appreciate the way that they did that, too, because we see a story— And then later we find out, oh, it's not exactly what we think it is. So now we think we know what the story is. And then they flip it over again and they're like, ha ha ha, just kidding. There's more information you need to know. So it like really drew me in and I'm like, oh, oh, oh,
3: oh, oh. I I thought it was a lot like one more from season 10, partly because of the Gabriel Aaron pairing, but also the warlord Ian was almost reminiscent of maze even at the very beginning when it had a shot of the of the field the first thing i thought of was when they when aaron and gabriel came up on the field in one more and they threw the alarm clock out there to ra- raise all the walkers but of course these walkers were already moving but i just i just had that feeling through like the whole episode and one more is one of my favorite episodes so like i really ever? yeah yeah, I <laughs> love that episode so much. Speaking of one more, they had the the whiskey at the end. It wasn't the same whiskey, of of course, but right, right. was Dwayne featured, Jones whiskey, right. The whiskey Morgan featured son, Jones son, right. The whiskey featured heavily in this episode, just like it did in in one more. So overall, I really, I really liked it, and I liked the the timey wimey stuff. I really liked that, especially <laughs> after I went back and watched it a couple of times and figured out exactly what was going on. But that was kind of reminiscent to me of the entirety of season 4A of Fear, where you were jumping around, you know, and they kind of told you this was before, this was after, but it just had that same kind of feel where they were just jumping around in time and you were seeing all the different aspects of the stories from different points of view and stuff.
0: And would you say this this episode was a thinker or not? It's hard to say because I haven't really had time to think about it. (laughs) Fair (laughs) point.
1: (laughs) Fair point. (laughs) I really enjoyed this episode. But on my first watch through, I was like, wow, what's going on? Like, everything was, like, so intense. And it literally, like, got to, like, the end of the episode. And I was like, it's over? It, like, felt so fast, the episode. Mm -hmm. And then on my second watch through, like, I was kind of getting to, like, try and, like, understand and piece together things. But what I really loved about this episode was, one, the character of Carlson because he's just like absolutely crazy but you get to see like throughout the episode the little like a little like tells <laughs> little tells that he's he's crazy but also like he gradually gets more and more crazy
0: but in a di- in a different horrifying way
1: <laughs> yeah but like in a way that you're like yo this character is so cool like i want to see more of him I
0: thought that too. That's it. But and, Like, I felt guilty feeling that way. Like, oh, he's probably going to kill our people. But man, I hope he sticks around.
1: Yeah. And it also, it kind of solidified, like, the Commonwealth as actually being bad. Because up until this point, like, we're getting, like, little nuggets, suggestions of corruption. And obviously, like, the class divide is a problem, generally speaking. But, like, we finally, like, we finally revealed that, like, what Lance is doing does kind of make him a bad guy. But up until now, I've kind of had, like, mixed feelings on it.
0: Right, okay, let's hone in on, on that, and then we can make our way. But what about Lance in this episode makes him a bad guy?
1: So obviously, he's just kind of decided that he's going to take out this whole community of 40 people without really much kind of background or opportunity to, like, reason. He obviously knows this Carson guy is a little bit off the rails, and he still kind of sends him in It's just like, yeah, let's just wipe these people out, they're a problem, rather than... Kind of reasoning or finding out a bit more information,
0: but he has a reason.
3: I feel like he's panicking though. I don't feel like he this is the kind of thing he would normally do, like just on the spur of the moment, decide to off this entire group. But I think the fact that he that Pamela is about to find out something, he's got this other side gig going on, whatever it is that we don't know, unless he's talking about the opium because I'm not they didn't really allude to that or, or whatever. But what she's going to find out about this side gig and It's going to jeopardize the plans he's got for Alexandria and the other communities. And she's going to be pissed off at him. So I think he's panicking. And the only thing he can think to do is get it over quickly. And that's just take these people out and get his stuff back without having to get Pamela involved. I'm not sure that's something he would
0: normally do. Okay. So whatever the side gig is, do we know what the side gig is, though? Or are you articulating a specific side gig? No. The only thing I can think is it might be the... uh, He
3: says, I sent resources to the other thing. Which he didn't say what it was, and so it might be the opium fields, maybe I don't know, but they that's the only thing I
0: can think of. It seems like the most important resource that's on that caravan, which got hijacked was the guns
1: yeah right? i don't I don't see him necessarily selling guns to the opium fields. I feel like it's more likely something a little bit more serious
0: mm. yeah i'm i I'm, I'm getting the sense that that is the case as well, and again I, there's no way of telling what that thing is, at least as far as I can tell. If anybody has any ideas or concrete thoughts,
2: maybe Lance is trying to build his own side army. That's kind of what so I was he's thinking. Siphoning guns.
0: He's like building a cache, let's say, or a cache, some mm-hmm. people say, of weapons and soldiers, mm-hmm. maybe. I don't know. Or hiding them away somewhere for later use. I don't know. But other than that, we really don't know. What we discover in this episode is that all this time, Lance thinks. It's that religious group that hijacked the caravan. Clearly, they don't know who hit the caravan. Nobody really does. But we do have some people in the ether that don't appear on this episode. I had a thought that it might have been Leah Mm. that that hit the caravan. Mm -hmm. Now, the only wrinkle in this thought process is there are three separate tracks that lead to the caravan or scatter away from the caravan. One definitely is this religious group. We saw the caravan. We noticed it was already hijacked or demolished or something fine and then there's the guilty party and then there's another set of tracks or maybe we can clarify does anybody have any any thoughts on that first
2: i don't know who it could be but i it i I was a little confused when he um ian said oh we found it like that so we just took the stuff like whoever initially attacked the caravan why didn't they take all the goods and if they didn't want the things why what was the purpose for the
1: attack
0: I don't think well, they took anything from the from the empty caravan, though. I don't think our that religious group did, at least.
1: Yeah, I think the religious group just kind of saw it, was like, ooh, is there anything here? And then kind of was like, oh, there isn't right.
2: left. Yeah. And there wasn't think, anything there, so they went yeah, on. Yeah. I, I, mean, I that, think that, whoever,
3: whoever hit it originally, it took everything, including That's the exactly the okay. words he
0: used. Yeah. It was already hit. So what about the thoughts about Leah Shaw? Because she's still in the wind. Between the throat slashes on the soldier, which I'm convinced is...
3: That was the... Yeah, well, the, wasn't it the lady? It was the lady, not Annie? Negan. Is that her name? It was, Yeah, it was her. I think that was that soldier. The,
2: the woman with she's, Negan? Yeah, the is woman with Negan. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: Of the three common soldiers is that Maggie meets on the road, or Maggie almost hits on the road. I, I know I'm bouncing around here, but it, all this might make a little bit more sense based on what some of the things that Ian says kind of alludes to. Uh, we've met cannibals. It's like, why couldn't it have been the pharaohs that attacked the caravan? They were really clever in trapping Connie and Virgil you know, Mm -hmm. putting down signs, putting them back up again so that they would get misdirected or whatnot.
1: Yeah, but to, like, slash their throat, because obviously we saw Connie and Virgil, like, fight them, and they weren't necessarily, like, that good at fighting. Like, if you had a gun, you could take a feral out.
0: Well, unless the soldiers that that were left in the road, but the caravan itself from a week ago is basically what happened. You know, oh, caravan got hit, and then... Because, again, we're playing with time just a bit. Lance sets out on this mission to actually... Merk these religious people out based on the fact that it was hit by somebody and he suspects it's them since it was nearby yeah yeah that location and he alludes to the fact that we've met cannibals and we met all these people and you know they were wolves in sheep sheep's clothing and and but apparently he's murked out some of these ferals i guess who scarily enough if that's the case they know how to act like normal enough people to get by and sit in that chair for him to chop their heads off and whatnot so that's frightening Oh, that's like yeah. a deeper level than what we've been told and shown by Maggie and in the show. So yeah, it's like sends shivers down my spine to think that that's the, what the world is like out there.
2: I mean, we've seen cannibals that are not ferals as well. So it could just be a normal group. Well, normal.
0: <laughs> could be, uh, what's his name? Gareth. Gareth, Gareth. Yeah. Gareth. <laughs> Guys like it could right. be Gareth's.
2: Right. Right, and he mm-hmm. is quite charming. I mean, he has an innocent enough-looking face, and he can put on the show that people want to see. You know what I mean? He he could sit in that chair and be pretty convincing. So there could uh, there could be someone just like him still out there in the world, still mm-hmm. eating people.
0: Andrew J. West, yeah, I'd mm-hmm. hit that. What? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty dude. What? <laughs> just like Carlson. I mean, look, I like bad he's, boys. He's got a
2: he's got a look. He's got a look to him. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not mad at. I'm not mad at his face.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he's he's definitely one of those vet, veteran B actors. I forgot to get his name.
2: Jason Butler Harner,
0: who played Ian.
2: Ian, as a character, I thought was really interesting because when we first see him, like he's super intimidating, right? And so they want us to to see this scary bad guy but you know then he starts talking and sharing his experiences and like all these people that have come to offer help and it's like you understand why he's so untrusting you know what i mean like he's actually being really smart and cautious around these people that he doesn't know like he's he's actually a pretty good leader you know for his people so i i did feel bad for ian in the end in the end <laughs> <laughs> I- yeah
3: I think he's the flip side of Maggie because neither of them trust the Commonwealth
0: or like a mirror. No. Maybe even he's yeah. kind of acting. It, well, same, yeah, Maybe.
3: Right? Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's what I meant more. A mirror, but, but it's also a warning about what could become of Maggie if she doesn't fall into line, which is why they sent oh, Daryl that's there. That's
0: interesting. In the six months later the, scene mm-hmm. from oh, oh episode yeah. nine. Yeah. Right.
3: Mm-hmm. That, I mean, that could be why they sent right. Daryl there
0: in his armor this time. Mm-hmm. Send a message. Unlike mm-hmm. the last episode where he was out of armor to send her a message. <laughs> so We're friends. Yeah. See look, Daryl's still in his white trash outfit. So <laughs> okay. <laughs>
2: I see where Maggie's coming from. I understand her perspective on keeping everybody safe and stuff. But at the same time, I also understand what Lydia's saying, too. Lydia's saying, you know, let the people decide what we want to do. Like, you're pretty much just making decisions for everyone right now, Maggie. And right. not everyone is agreeing with you. So, yes, you're doing what you feel is is right. But everyone in a community kind of has to agree on that, don't you think?
0: An observation we actually made yesterday. Mm-hmm. It's looking mm-hmm. more like a Rick Tatorship, And what's mm-hmm. the one leader... That wasn't mentioned as part of the leaders whom she followed, Maggie.
2: Exactly. Rick. Yeah. (laughs)
0: It's a Magtatorship. But she's
2: acting just like him right now. (laughs) Our
0: powers (laughs) combined.
3: Captain (laughs) Planet. Captain Dictatorship. The drought story. Okay, Maggie, I get the point of the drought story, okay? But this drought's lasted 12 years. I think you need to move on because this drought is not ending.
2: This is just the way life is now. (laughs) Yeah,
0: which illustrates a big thing, which is you can use the same playbook for only so long when you realize, okay, hell is repetition. The dictionary definition of madness is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Mm -hmm. Which, okay, she kind of says something in the beginning, though, that alludes to, like, maybe we shouldn't be helping people. Kind of like where Michonne was at, at Alexandria post-Rick leaving. Like maybe we shouldn't help people. Maybe you know, maybe I should change that part of our playbook. Like, is to not help people because we're our, our resources. Just like Pamela said in the last episode, our resources are already spread thin. So you want to spread them thinner by helping people that we can't afford to help. Which I kind of liked. This episode really nicely jumps from the last episode to this one. Also, which even that last episode jumped nicely from the episode prior, which I commented on. At the beginning of the, of the last episode, it didn't leave us hanging. Everything seems to be flowing nicely, which is kind of like anti what we usually see in these ensemble episodes, which is in the next episode, let's just go straight to this other group of people we forgot. No, I mean, we practically figured out where Negan was based on the comings and goings of this story. So it's, it's not like we had to go somewhere completely different. He was happened to be there, like a little bonus that we get, a little cherry on top.
3: Watching yet another community he cares about fall. He may not be leading this time, but it's still happening.
0: Which I'm—I think he's glad to not have to lead, (laughs) especially at this moment in time. And even then, like he's following this woman who, you know, again the second-in-command formula, right? Like, if anything at all, this woman seems to be the new leader at this point. Is that fair to say? (laughs) And he's Mm -hmm. just willing and happy to follow her, kind of like he was a little bit Maggie in the uh, mid-season premieres and stuff. Look, he—he likes leaders. my Maggie coming after her man.
2: Was he, was he happy about it though?
0: Oh, happy about uh, because what? He, having somebody else lead or what?
2: No, having to follow Maggie and, and like in the premieres, like you were just saying, he wasn't happy about being there. He tried well, to leave every chance he got.
0: Well, as soon as it stopped being fun, <laughs> right?
2: When was it fun? I mean, he was like, oh, as
0: long as she's making these decisions, like oh, as long as I get to get out of here alive. But it's like, oh, I'm not getting out of here alive. So I'm a bounce. Oh, no, no. You stay there with the Alden <laughs> grave. I'm, I'm good. I'll just go now. Thanks. No, none for me. <laughs> no revenge for me. But OK, so the answer to the question we had yesterday about like, why the fuck, Maggie? Why aren't you just going to accept help? Was in that car ride, though. And we needed to hear it. We needed to hear a little bit more rationale because sometimes and this is like what everybody says. On the Twitters and the social medias, oh, Maggie's being a dumb bitch. And like, oh, okay, oh, slow down, buddy. I didn't say it. Somebody else, probably. <laughs> and why do you think stupidly, Maggie? Yeah, oh, you supposed to know better, Maggie. Like, well, this is her rationale. Her experience is a rationale. Imagine somebody who's been traumatized by years and years and years of communities falling. For starters, this is the recent history. And then having that story in, the, in her back pocket about her father's pride. You know about like sticking to his guns, sticking things through, getting by until you pass a difficult situation. Well, yeah, of course. So I get it. Is this something Rick would have done? Maybe. Actually, had Rick been around, you got this little spirit of Rick in Maggie, even though she probably does would hate hearing that. Maybe I don't know. So I I get it. It's the answer at least, and even if it's not a good answer to have, it's an answer, and which is what the episode is supposed to tell us. In that moment, I kind of I kind of had a res- even more respect. Because I still respected her, just like Elijah did. I still had respect for her decision, even though I don't think it was the right one. We, we alluded to that also, yes, in the, in the last episode, too.
2: I at least understood where Maggie was coming from. Like, I, I understand her perspective, but like you just said, I don't agree with it. I still think it's the wrong call. That's kind of how I feel like.
1: As I said yesterday, I was I was there with Maggie. I was like, yeah. I, I wish I could make that decision, but I probably wouldn't. I, I didn't need that, personally.
3: Elijah said, um, oh, the cows were hungry. She's like, yeah, but we made it through it. Yeah, but cows don't revolt and destroy your town because they're right. hungry. <laughs>
0: they're beasts of burden.
3: <laughs> you know, I mean, people and cows are different.
2: Cows aren't going to kill each other. Right, they're gonna like, right. They're not going to Yeah. They're not going <laughs> right. to eat each other cuz they're so hungry.
0: Well, you've never seen it before, so you know, you don't know if it happened. Cannibal cows. Uh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That'd be new.
1: <laughs> Lydia's right though in that she should have consulted other people mm-hmm. and not making the decision for everybody. Yeah.
2: right.
0: Yeah, that that was yeah. the main thing that we put a finger on in the last episode, like with everybody whispering in her ear saying, "Hey, it's not so bad." Okay, but well why don't we ask the better question as a result of this episode? After Everything that transpires in this episode, because some of us here, I haven't said a thing. (laughs) Some of us had said, well, Jasmine specifically, that this is what makes the Commonwealth a little bad or bad. I don't know. I don't know. Is is the Commonwealth bad? So after this episode, is is Maggie more right to have? I don't see that as the Commonwealth
3: action. That was a Lance action. Well, but he's not the entire Commonwealth. There are a lot of people in the Commonwealth that aren't getting shit on by Lance.
1: But if Lance has as much power as he does to be able to do these things, then that is a part of what the Commonwealth is. Whether Pamela knows about it, whether it's supposed to be like that is another thing. I don't disagree that it's a Lance thing, But given the fact that Lance has so much power, it becomes a Commonwealth thing.
0: If that's how the Commonwealth runs, though, it's like, oh, Commonwealth fueled by Lance. Like, you know, those advertisements, they could have decided to fuck over Alexandria
3: and Oceanside and Hilltop because they decided not to join them. They could have done it right then. They were so weak. They could have wiped Alexandria out in a second, but they didn't. They were trying to bring them in. This other group, even though we know that they didn't do anything or we suspect that they didn't do anything, they don't see that. And like I said, I think that's Lance panicking. I don't think that's something he would normally do under the guise of the commonwealth. So while I'm not saying the Commonwealth doesn't do bad shit, but what group in this entire universe hasn't done bad shit of some kind in order to stay alive? So I wouldn't say they're bad. I would say they get shit done and sometimes you have to do bad things.
0: Which does actually go back to Gabriel's sermon at the beginning of this episode, too. Because he talks about sinners and we're all, we've are all we all sinned. We've all had to do things, had to do things in order to survive. Mm-hmm. Which does kind of put a, an interesting umbrella on even the com- Well. I would say the Commonwealth's action, but it really isn't the Commonwealth. It's really Lance taking control of a specific situation. Really, because even like in the last episode, I think Aaron says uh, I forget who he's trying to convince, but he was saying that 99, at least 90 or 99 percent of them are good people. So how are we to judge the Commonwealth based on based on first of all who's in charge, but second of all on a small, you know, a minority of people, let's say, which is you know, which is a good something really interesting to bring in to our, you know, our day-to-day lives, you know, how or why will we judge a whole based on a few as a group? I kind of like that. It's, which is kind of great when we start to analyze this series in particular, because we have to judge the merits, we have to judge the value of the Commonwealth based on an intricate series of value-based propositions, right? Yes, the Commonwealth is run by Lance effectively. And this is the question, wouldn't you say that this almost answers the question that we had asked a couple of, basically every episode, would it be better if Lance was running the Commonwealth or Pamela? Because I'm thinking to myself, and I'll start first, is that Pamela would not have done that. Pamela would not have done what Lance had done. Pamela would have probably left, and because we know from the last episode, Pamela would have probably just le- left well enough alone. I have enough troubles inside these walls to deal with, to not cause and create bigger problems outside these walls. It doesn't matter that they got all these guns let's say. They don't know where we live and even if they do know where we live, we have we have the resources to take them out. So we'll leave well enough alone. They need bullets too, by the way. So when they run out of bullets, th- those guns are useless.
1: But perhaps if Lance wasn't under Pamela, then he might not have made such a rash decision on the matter?
0: Could be. Could yeah, very well be. He was
3: panicking because he didn't want her to find out about his whatever his side thing is. So I, I definitely agree mm-hmm. with that. Maybe he wouldn't have made that decision otherwise.
1: Yes. if he was in charge and had no one to answer to he might have you know gone about things in a different way or maybe left it alone entirely
3: even if they don't know where they live or whatever those people with guns in their hands an unknown entity of people you don't know who they are you don't know what they're capable of there's a lot of them they're still a threat to anybody traveling or the the opium fields if they stumble on that or whatever they're still a threat even if the threat doesn't last long so i mean i can also see why lance would want to take them out. Aside from Pamela finding out, we having seen them now, know maybe they're not. But that guy wasn't particular. You know, he had heads on his fucking wall, skulls of people that <laughs> presumably they murdered. So I'm not saying he was the best guy either. So I mean, they they could have still been a threat, even though it wouldn't have been a a big one.
0: Throughout this whole episode, I kept thinking Carlson is like this dark version of Aaron. At least now, it seemed like he really, really enjoyed this outreach program. It really tickled his fancy. Like he was somebody that was in the CIA, but in the Walking, sorry, I would say the Walking Dead formula, but it's really the Commonwealth formula. It allowed him to be for the privileged few who get this chance in the Commonwealth. Having this position of outreach allowed him to be this better person, which he embraced. This Zen mantra person. The Commonwealth is meant is the self you are meant to be? Question mark. So that really worked for him, and he really enjoys this job. He really genuinely enjoys this job. But the second. You know, they pulled him back. He just, like, something else we said maybe a couple episodes ago, like, what does it mean to survive? Or is it possible to re-civilize? And I'd said something to the effect of, well, people do tend to go back to their same tracks if given the chance. And he fell into those tracks again of being Mm -hmm. that CIA operative, let's say. Well, I'm not saying this is everybody, but it seemed very apparent that he just kind of fell back into that role. Down to, like, not being able to avoid the booze. Something that he brought with him. I mean, maybe knowing himself that he would need this if things got tough. Because bottles of Kentucky bourbon don't magically show up. (laughs) He brought it with him. Or he could have found it. Fair enough. It reminds me of the moment when Toby Carlson shoots Ian. That last moment. I see Aaron's face get, like, really mad. But I also thought to myself, Aaron must be thinking right now, what if Rick's group hadn't been as good to him as they weren't? I was thinking, like, what if that was him? And Rick's group had a Carlson. Like, this is how it could have gone down. And I was just thinking to myself, cause we all thought that when Aaron, who seemed like, whatever, stranger danger, but at the same time, look at it from his point of view. Like, he went in there not knowing what Bushbeard Rick was going to do. And it could have been that. And that, that's what I thought in that moment. It's not a strange thing to think of in this episode. You have hints of, in Gabriel's sermon, he mentions the word, for some reason that stuck out with me, he, said, he, he mentioned the word try, and it, and it lingered just a little bit. And, of course, there's an episode called Try, which was... Oh, I didn't write down the exact episode. But it, was directed, it was written by Angela Kang and directed by Ma- Michael Satrazimus, where one of Deanna Monroe's kids dies, and the walls behind Alexandria might fall. And guess who the threat was? The wolves.
1: Season 5, episode 15.
0: Thank you. The fight between <laughs> Rick and Pete Anderson. Michonne knocks right out. Me? Me? <laughs> and then Michaud knocks him out. So, like, yeah, this is like the, te- like, is this place safe? And so I, I just thought that was kind of cool. There were strangers in a strange land, Israelites. There's a lot of Israel, uh, the Israelites coming to Canaan in this episode. And who is whom in this scenario? What do you guys think about Negan showing up all of a sudden and having been a part of this group this whole time? And also this particular group who seem seem to be religious but what does that say about Negan I mean we know Negan
3: can play the part I mean he did it with the whispers and I mean it's got to be better than being on his own they seem to like him okay he didn't seem to have any drama with any of them and nobody there knows his past he doesn't have Maggie staring him down constantly like she wants to stick him with the crowbar
2: so you know (laughs) it's,
3: it's probably a little relaxing it's like oh finally I can I can breathe again you know but, like, even in Alexandria, people there knew what he did, so, you know, he never really had a chance. So, here he can start over. I- I'm interested to know, like, geographically where all this is going on, because, I-, I mean, it's been a couple of months, and he has to have been there for a while. So, you mean the apartment complex itself? Right, right. Are they somewhere in between our communities and...
1: In- so, I looked at the, the map Jesse gave to Maggie... And I looked up, like, the little, like, towns on it. They're on the border between Ohio and West Virginia. The apartment complex is kind of, like, in between these two, like, small cities. There isn't a real apartment complex, because, like, I checked. But you can see on the map, like, where it is. Uh, Is the
0: riverbend where it's circled? I think that's where the apartment complex is, which doesn't seem very far away from where Hilltop is.
1: Is Hilltop in West Virginia?
0: No, but it, it still falls within... Uh, Virginia. But it's
3: well, man, very they close must to be. So it's they. They're in between the Commonwealth and our settlements.
1: They're like basically, like theoretically, like right in the middle.
3: So they're like Maggie, and they're ranging really far away from Hilltop. Then you know, I mean, it's it just seems like it's a really long distance.
1: Yeah, it is. It's definitely a long distance from the other settlements.
3: Are they still, like, Lance and everybody's still at the Alexandria camps, or have they gone back to the Commonwealth, and this was, like, ranging out from the Commonwealth, so Aaron's at the Commonwealth now? That's, I'm trying to figure out, when did Aaron go to the Commonwealth? Yeah,
1: so, because obviously it's on the border of Ohio, and we don't know exactly where the Commonwealth Mm -hmm. is, so it could be pretty near the West Virginia border, or it could be further into Ohio, like, we don't really know, so it could theoretically be quite close to the Commonwealth. But it's definitely quite far away from, like, Alexandria Ra- Hilltop.
0: Rachel knows where the Commonwealth is because of Dover Hills. <laughs> See, I, f- I don't forget shit.
1: I can... <laughs> Wait, where is it?
2: Closer to Toledo, is that possible? Dover-, Dover Township. It's kind of northern Ohio.
1: Oh, wow. Then it's actually only about 50, 50 miles away. So
2: Dover Township is a real place. But the city listed on the invoice that Carol finds, that's not a real place. So right. that's why Dover Township was my best guess.
1: Okay, well, the distance between um, this apartment complex and Dover Township is, like, approximately 50 miles. Okay. Uh, Okay. And by car, by car journey...
0: Forget by car. I'm kidding.
1: uh, uh, Well, there's no by horse and carriage on Google Maps. (laughs)
0: Yes, yes, there is. Okay.
1: (laughs) Um, Just do bicycle. by, by, By car journey, it's about an hour and 20 minutes. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. And obviously, if it's it's right between the communities, there's reason enough that they would be passing through there.
3: But Maggie would be at Hilltop. I mean, they were at Hilltop, so... I mean, where is Hilltop in relation to... The apartment complex do is what I'm saying. Do we know
1: approximately where Hilltop is?
0: I think I think the apartment complex is that place that Negan circles at the riverbend, which I'm showing the, the map right now in the edited version. But There's a circle around where it says Riverbend, and I think that's where the apartment complex is, which isn't terribly far away from where Hilltop is supposed to be.
1: Where is Hilltop supposed to be?
0: On the, the map. So do you have the map flipped over? It's on the top right if you flipped it over. It actually says Hilltop. What?
1: I can't
0: see it. Uh, then you don't have a good screen grab. <laughs>
1: Uh, I do. It's, it's
0: along the highway, uh, the interstate, actually, at the top, right.
1: Okay, okay. Do you see yeah. it? So, hilltop, okay. so Hilltop's not that far no, away. No,
0: this is assuming that the, cir- the circle where Negan circles, where it says Riverbend, is where the apartment complex is because there's no other indicator of where he where you are here right now jesse who just got well we didn't get shot yet but will get shot in a couple seconds unless i'm mistaken and i looked at the map hastily i i probably didn't because it was near the beginning we're out yeah, of the middle yeah
1: this i think the circle's supposed to represent where the apartment complex yeah.
0: is so it's not that far from so it's not actually that
1: far away yeah okay
0: so all of that to say what I was just trying to
3: figure out what the geographical logistics were, like, how they were going so far, because I had the impression that the Commonwealth was several days journey away, according to the, the journey that Eugene and then Princess and Ezekiel and Yumiko took. That could still be, because it took them, be. Cause, so cause it I took them at least,
0: the... it took them about a week to get there anyway. Remember, it was a week prior, mm-hmm. and then it wasn't, so... And then yeah. that
2: was from Alexandria as well, correct?
0: Right, that was from Alexandria,
2: But can
1: we, can we also assume that they like kind of told, like they didn't tell them like exactly which direction to go, like they sent them a little bit, a little bit out the way before picking them up at the train yard?
0: Oh yeah, Mm -hmm. no. Oh, you have to remember that the rail yard was not anywhere near the Commonwealth. We had deduced over time, obviously, that let's just pretend that this is a triangle that a straight line between the commonwealth and alexandria would have been one thing but i think they met further south so at a yeah. triangular point where they both had equidistant way of getting there let's say so no- nobody would know where e- either of them would be
1: right? yeah and then also they were traveling on horse and stuff so it's gonna take a bicycles
0: while. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah like
1: i i look, i i clicked on google maps and i said like how long would it be if you walked and it was like a long way also they went up to pittsburgh to see princess right
0: I believe so.
1: That's where Pittsburgh, they Pennsylvania. Princess. Well, that's like way out of the way of um, yeah. of both the Commonwealth and...
0: I was never sure where they picked up Princess, though.
2: I thought it was in oh, their I thought
1: it was Pittsburgh. It's okay. also the nearest Pits- city, so
2: like the nearest big city. Pittsburgh was where the last group she was with left her, right? right? Isn't that the-, the reference we got? Yeah.
1: Okay, well... Either way, looking at like big cities, like they would have definitely had to go out of their way to get to a big city to meet Princess. So it definitely wasn't like a straight shot.
0: No, no, I don't think so either. Anyway, because of your explanation, Charity, when you'd said it looks like he's just trying to get by. Nobody knows his past. Nobody knows. He's just kind of going with the flow. Kind of interesting to see all of our characters in the Commonwealth just trying to go with the flow. It's only temporary, blah, blah, blah. And then Negan is kind of doing the same thing with this new group. And he's like, ah, I don't know what I'm doing. Fuck it. Let's just, okay. Food? Cool. Can I hold my own? Yes. Can I fake it till I make it? Oh, yeah. So I just thought that was kind of an interesting thing. Everybody's trying to get on to get on in the next stage of this, I don't know, Walking Dead evolution of whatever this is going to be.
2: So I don't know about you guys, but I hate even saying this out loud, but I'm going to anyway. I was reminded of Negan listening to Gabriel tell the story of the prodigal son.
3: When, that, when they were in the trailer?
2: During... Gabriel's sermon he's talking about the prodigal son and it made me think of Negan because we saw him leave and I'm sure at some point he's going to come back and have a redemption (laughs) (laughs) arc.
0: it's funny that you mentioned that because I researched that by that you mean this is the means by which he makes his way back to God or redemption Mm, or
2: to the father not the father he's good graces either or i think and he i mean i know it, it hurt is, it you so much to say that try- yeah it really does like i'm sick to my stomach right now saying these words but like okay think about it this way like maggie still wants to kill him
0: i'm not sure is that does that do others feel that way? Do you think Maggie wants to try to kill Negan? Really? I don't think it's
3: top of her list anymore, like it was before.
2: Well, no, because he's not around.
3: Even when they were in, in Meridian, I don't. I think she had kind of given. Not that she doesn't yes. still want to do it, but I think she's like, you know what? I, I'm just. He's not going to live in my head twenty four seven right now. I've got other things to worry about.
0: The thought of Maggie actually killing <sighs> Negan never really solidified my mind. I merely regarded Negan deciding to go away as. Not trusting Maggie enough to keep her promise, which he she did. She had promised him that he wouldn't kill that she wouldn't kill him in the bonfire campfire mm-hmm. place thing for training. So that's that's really what it is. So ja- well, Jasmine, what do you think? Do you think Maggie wanted to kill Negan?
1: Um, I don't think it's at the forefront of her mind if if she kind of saw like the opportunity or the convenience then maybe she would i don't think it's something like she's actively like i need to hunt down negan and kill him right. but i feel like you know if he was if if he was in her presence constantly <laughs> if he was at arm's length i mean the, the temptation might overcome her that being said obviously negan and maggie are going to Probably be working together in the next episode.
2: Regardless of what is actually going on in Maggie's brain, I'm thinking about this situation from Negan's perspective. If Negan sees Maggie, he better have his shit and pants on. I mean, if I were Negan, I would be. Clearly yes. this woman wants to kill me. So if I see her, I'm going to be nervous. So what can I do to put my mind at ease? I can try and get back in her good graces. I can try and show her that I have changed. And I have admitted... Several times that Negan has changed, I recognize what an asset he can be right now, and I'm I'm fine with that. Like he is, he is an asset. He's capable. He's strong. He's smart. He he's all of these things. So he could be a really good person to have around. Maggie, unfortunately, is you know maybe well I'm making a lot of assumptions, but I think when it comes to Negan anyway, she's more emotional than rational. So it would be wise of Negan to try and get back into her good graces so that he can stop looking over his shoulder and actually start working together to rebuild a community. Or at the very least, just get the fucking target off his back, right?
0: I I almost think it's worse. I don't think the reason why Maggie would want to kill Negan is an emotional one. As much as it's emotional for us, I think her reason's a logical one. Or at least it kind of goes hand in hand with... Elijah's desire, which is emotional, to destroy the Reapers, or at least one of them was Carver, because he was a dick. <laughs> but <laughs> he but needed like, some killing. Right, right. But, uh, you know, Josephine, et cetera. Charindy's impression, that was really funny. Uh, Josephine. <laughs> um, I think Maggie's reasoning, cause because of so much time has passed and, and the fact that Herschel is alive, I think there's a logical reason for her, or maybe like a symbolic reason for her. Well, this is what's just gonna happen, even if she may not even feel that way anymore. It doesn't matter that these feelings have long since passed or, or that time has passed so far between the time you killed my husband. You're gonna die. It's not even an emotional response anymore. Symbolically, that's just what's that's justice in her mind. And so, regardless of how I feel about a thing, that's just what should happen if this world is right in her mind. And maybe to tie it more to this episode, it's what should happen i think lance goes after that caravan not because of those 20 something year olds who died at the hands of at the caravan whomever killed them that's what he tells carlson to get him motivated it's like okay i'm used to that 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 has happened under my watch that hits me in the heartstrings lance goes yes has <laughs> his back is turned. <laughs> yes what an asshole i got him so like even though like at the time when he's looking at him at the in the face i actually like, in that moment, I was like, oh, he feels bad for these kids. And he turns his back and goes, yes, emotional manipulation,
3: yes.
1: Does that not indicate that Lance is potentially, like, a sociopath? Like, yeah. just no empathy, like, just complete self-centered, you know?
0: Well, there's acting, first of all, so there's that. There's always a, a bit of, you to play it for the, for the audience. But there's also that other half of that, which is, like, okay, bureaucrats. What are they if not grandiose? You have to be a certain way to be a politician. I think. It has less to do with gravitas than it is to be performative, let's say. You have to detach yourself in order to get the thing that you want, I think.
1: Yeah, but I mean, like he's basically indicating that he well, he's there's basically the suggestion that he genuinely doesn't care about them soldiers' lives that were lost. That it is just purely you know, to be able to to be able to use it without showing any emotion, like any true emotion, would indicate that he truly doesn't care about them soldiers. Well, the lives.
0: fact that he used emotion to manipulate Carlson does sort of indicate sociopathic tendencies. Yeah. I'm biased. I'm gonna just say this right out front. I'm a little bit biased towards Lance, I'd say, because there's a part of me that wants to believe that what he's after isn't nefarious. Or the system that exists, the role that he's had to take on in order to keep things running has made him into something. He's had to keep this up. It's kind of like what we're talking about with social media, right? I still
3: hold that he is part of a fifth column that is trying to bring down the upper echelon of the Commonwealth. That's what his side thing is. So maybe he's doing all this. He's doing all this for good reason. You know, it's like the like the ring in the lord of the rings you know you're holding this power for for you intend to do good However with long. it but no matter what you're still going to end up making you do bad things
1: but is his reason for doing like quote unquote good not to do good but for his own game his actions are going to be good for people but that's not necessarily his personal motives for having doing does that make sense that's
0: yeah but that's do you mean in general or in this mm-hmm. specific instance i let's clarify that first just just in general.
1: Yeah, like in the like in the specific instance in that is if he is leading like a fifth column that is aiming to take down Pamela. People are going to be happy he's doing that and some people will see it as doing the right thing. But for him, it is all about like getting that power potentially. If that is the case.
3: I think it's all about his ambition, but he can frame it to other people as, oh, look, I'm helping these under, these yeah. trodden people, you know, and he can make himself feel better by framing it that way, even though ultimately... It's really yeah. his ambition. But that's then he to does,
1: work. and he does refer to like the Alexandrian uh, Alexandria Hilltop Oceanside as the hip communities um, in mm-hmm. Virginia. Did you say
0: hip communities? So all- Hick. Oh, Hick. 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 Gotcha. Okay. Hick. Yeah. Hick.
1: That's what he refers to them as. Yeah. So obviously, which episode was believe, this? He does pretend uh, really believe this one. this one. This one.
3: He called okay, it. I must yeah. it. Yeah. Thank you.
1: He, 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 ob- he obviously does believe that he's better than these people. Even if he is making out that he's doing it for their good, he still believes he's better than them.
0: To whom does he refer to them as hit communities? Uh, Carlson. Or, Carl, right? Yeah, Carlson. Yeah. That matters. Because he wouldn't say that to Pamela, because otherwise, why am I doing this? Oh. Um, uh, interesting. Okay, okay. It's good to know. Fine. Then what is he using for these people for? He's using these people to achieve his aims. I, I feel like what Lance is trying to do is, if it is a power grab, I think all he's merely trying to expose is this is actually how things are running. It's actually been me this whole time. Pamela may stay up at night wondering how to best take care of everybody, but who's been getting the shit done? Me. I think this is his way of, and this is just, again, we're wildly speculating. We have hints of what he's trying to do, but we don't know why necessarily he's doing it. Even this expansion project, we don't know why. But if I take all the pieces and put them together, I'm just seeing a guy who's saying, hey, Commonwealth. And this may not work to his advantage. Like, this is how this is actually running. Well, yeah, well, what about the class disparity? Oh, yeah, I sub- I was a part of that. And, and But maybe to your point, Sharon, maybe him maybe perhaps saying in the rear view, yeah, I started this revolt group to illustrate the ills of society. That was all me also. That could be his cover for that, for people questioning him about... Well, you supported this class divide. Well, no, not really. I, 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 created this revolt group for them to do their thing and challenge Pamela. Let's say I don't See, know.
1: See, I'm actually not so sure about like the idea that you've mentioned about him being like part of the working class and working his way up, because in the well, last I didn't say that
0: episode, per se, but
1: as a general idea, in the last episode when he's talking to Pamela when they're having that conversation where it's like, and Pamela says to him, "You've been ambitious your whole life." which kind of suggests to me that they've known each other maybe before the apocalypse. So when the Commonwealth began, I think Lance was probably in a prime position from the beginning with Pamela. I agree. Like if he worked his way up from anywhere, it
2: was like the bottom of the already elite, right? Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, or he could have been an, uh, an advertiser, let's say, or a marketer, let's say. And then he kind of made like a lateral move. Like He he, he probably was in politics, as like some sort of advertising person, right? But then he laterally moved into the political marketing, let's say. And he said, mm-hmm. look, I worked my way from the bottom doing advertisements for the ice cream company, the, <laughs> the, <laughs> with the taste of tradition. And I gradually moved my way up to this cush position where, oh, hey, Pamela, remember me and my family? You know, I worked for your father, everything, whatever.
1: But to, to say you've been ambitious your whole life kind of suggests to me that they maybe knew each other quite well. Yeah. You know, my initial thoughts were like, are they brother and sister? But like, now I don't think that anymore. Right, right.
0: But close enough to the family at pre-apocalypse. Yeah, I
1: I think they'd have to be pretty close for Pamela to, you know, pay attention to him. Especially given the fact that she indicated that she didn't have an interest in politics when she was growing up.
0: But I kind of want to move back to Gabriel's sermon now that you mentioned it, Rachel. Like a while ago, (laughs) the prodigal son (laughs) returns, right? (laughs) Let's talk about feelings first. Listening to Gabe's speech the first time. It's actually made me a little emotional, a little bit. I kind of was a little worried about him when we last left him in 1109, when he wasn't able to hear God again, which is not necessarily the thing I was worried about, but more like, where does my faith lie? In whom does my faith belong, let's say? Or who am I if not a man of God, but I'm really not a man of God. And then here I am, like you said, with one more, almost personifying the preacher with whom he was his like idol, let's say. He was talking to Aaron about this preacher he knew and how he wished he could be anything like him. And even when we met him, meet him like literally the first time we met him, I couldn't even imagine that he was anything close to that the preacher that he was, that that the, his mentor was. But then you see him in this episode. Oh, people clenching their butt cheeks, and then like I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh, he's actually able to take this on. He's like he's able to actually move past this. Something Aaron says early, just earlier, saying, or I don't know, maybe later. It's almost like this was a bad dream. This is a nightmare, which is them trying to illustrate after you've watched this this episode and you watch it again, as much as what happens here in this episode with the Commonwealth, we have to remember that it's a place where we can get some sleep. It's a place where we can put all the bad shit, an opportunity to put the bad shit behind us and heal and be, maybe be that next level of the, the person you were meant to be. Maybe The Walking Dead, I'm just throwing this out there. The Walking Dead has always been about being the person you were meant to be. But it, could, it can only take you so far until you reach the Commonwealth, where you can possibly, not under the, whatever, the uh, tutelage or wardenship of Pamela Milton, but maybe like a new kind of government where you can be the self that you were meant to be level two, let's say, like where this isn't all there is. Like some, one of the things I wanted to say in the last episode was that Maggie couldn't see past today. And when did that stop happening? Six years ago? Wasn't Rick's whole thing in Alexandria, or rather Michonne's? We need, we need to have something more. Look to the future. And even Eugene to Rosita, you're thinking about the future, which is where he decides not to reveal Max being the Stephanie. He says, you know, oh, maybe I should think about the future. Maybe I have a future still, if Maxine is willing to hear me out and if I forgive her and whatnot, or if I ask for forgiveness. But going back to the nightmare scenario, Maggie can't see past today. Maggie can't afford to see past today. How else is she going to be able to do that without the resources? The Commonwealth is a place to see past today into into a tomorrow. When Lance is talking to her on the on the stoop of Barrington House, he's like saying oh, universities and concerts and your your son is going to be at you know up the up the creek and at a university. Can you even imagine that? She's like, Are you, I can't even understand the language you're speaking right now, you bitch." <laughs> so I'm just looking at Gabe's sermon. I'm like saying, "Oh, that's what that looks like," or maybe that's how it starts to look like look to the future, but also what is he preaching about? Or at least the initial feeling before you start peeling back the layers is he's not saying forget the past. He's saying, no, despite what the Commonwealth, the, all the, the categories the Commonwealth has assigned to you, I want you to sit next to people whom you don't know because I don't want you to forget about the walking dead means who, the person you were meant to be. You need to remember that. And there's a reason for that. You, but you need to remember what was in order to embrace what will be because you're all family. Don't forget that. But I, did anybody have a similar reaction to me really stirred in the heart from his sermon?
2: Yeah, Gabe got me choked up a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm. What about you it specifically?
2: Yeah. Man, I don't, in the moment, I'm not really sure. It was hitting me hard for some reason. I think looking back now, I could tell that he was refinding his faith, finding himself in his roots again. Just, yeah, it really it really got to me. While still carrying all those these lessons that he's learned along the way too. I mean, one being Maze from one more. We hear them literally describe what happened the last time they walked into a building like this. You know, some guy's got a shotgun and he's firing it because you stepped on his front lawn. I'm glad that Gabriel's able to refine his faith, but also keep that, Suspicious mindset, I guess. That's not exactly the phrasing I want to use, but he's still cautious, I guess. He has faith, but he's still cautious.
0: I love it. And kind of, we got to keep this going.
2: And kind of, kind of turning into more of a badass. Okay.
0: Wait, let's pause for a minute. Okay, wait, 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 (laughs) wait. We have to ask this question again. Rachel, where where would you say Father Gabriel is now compared to, because we haven't asked this question in a long time. What, Cause you used to say eh, he's like if there's you know if this is zero and this is ten I'm doing hands for the audio <laughs> podcast he's like eh, he's like two out of ten what, yeah. where where is he on the scale from one to ten now
2: um sitting solidly at about a six or seven right now I knew you're gonna maybe say closer six or seven. to a seven <laughs> it's like I was like Cl- hoping for closer like to an a seven
0: <laughs> okay
2: all right well every every episode i see him and i feel like he's he's climbing that ladder and i'm like all right man i see you i see you now you know i'm watching you gabe
0: (laughs) heart hands
2: Yeah, yeah, for here. real.
0: <laughs> wow, wow. Because we ask this question every year. You're like, I still don't trust him. <laughs> oh, he's all right. <laughs> he's all right. He's getting there oh, after, after he kills Dante. He's all right. It's a solid four. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, solid seven. Yeah. I mean, sort of, almost. <laughs> I think I'm in love with him, 11. But, like, no, for, <laughs> for, for appearances, seven. <laughs> <laughs> Almost, maybe.
3: <laughs> when he, I mean, when he said, I saw, um, "I saw you." <laughs> when he said, "Yeah, I'm not doing this," I, la- I legitimately laughed out loud. I was like, "Yeah, I did too. yes, Gabe, thank you. Don't do this."
0: Because I, 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 did I like too. In a line. Yeah,
2: I'm not doing <laughs> this. Yeah, yeah I'm not doing up. this.
0: <laughs> nope.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. It was good. That was good. <laughs>
3: I feel like we got a look of what what he was like with his congregation before. Cuz when we met Gabe, he was such a oh, oh you know, save me. Oh. So I feel like we got He locked at, out. Right. I mean, I feel like we got a glimpse of what Gabe was like before, but with this new confidence, belief in himself twist to it. What he was before, but more. And I like that. I like that a lot. Gabe has definitely moved up in my estimation a lot.
0: Mm-hmm. See, I'm almost willing to say that I can't imagine that the Gabe we see in, that, in the church with his sermon was anything like the Gabe he was before. Like, I think he was kind of like, you know, saying the words. I don't think he ever really connected t- to God or heard his voice until, you know, much later on in Alexandria. Well, I see Jasmine nodding. Wait, wait, wait. You agree?
1: I agree. That is what nodding means.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Trying to give you an opportunity.
1: <laughs> can't fault me.
0: Can't fault me. You know, I had a thought.
1: <laughs> oh she's so quick. Just one. She's so quick. I love Just one. it. <laughs> um, I thought it was quite interesting that um Rachel brought up um obviously Maze like being like the shotgun person that Gabe described See, in it the worked. episode. But I almost I almost saw it from a different perspective in that maybe he thought of himself being mm-hmm. like at a place where because like, obviously Gabriel wielded a shotgun for most of season 11a and we obviously saw him like kill some people so i thought maybe he thought of him like himself as kind of like there was a time when he lived out there when he lost like his own his own humanity and he also you know was killing people with a shotgun so well it could be related
2: okay sure sure so like he's thinking if i was in there here's what i would do Right. Yeah, if
1: I was in there, like with everything that happened to me, you know, maybe I would shoot someone mm-hmm. with my shotgun. The
0: takes one to know one thing. Yeah, I guess so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. it was. Like, it was one kind of interpretation. Yeah
0: I, yeah, I I appreciate that. Now's the time where I blow your minds. It's not gonna blow your mind. The the si- <laughs> the sign outside the church as Aaron's about to walk into it and Gabe's sermon sermon ensues, comes from Joshua 2.1 to Joshua 5.12. God has already prepared the way he's just preparing you. Now that's an interesting thing because you see that, what we learn from there throughout the episode. Joshua, uh, he's a prophet in the Old Testament. Um, He sends, obviously, what is referred to uh, in the translation as spies, but it really is surveyors. He sends surveyors to survey the land, the people. What are we dealing with? But it's, it's essentially spies before Israel is supposed to go into Israel and make it become Israel, let's say. Now, the spies were trapped where like they, they went into Jericho and they were kind of like trapped because it's the walls of Jericho. They snuck behind the walls. In the middle of the night, what we learn is a prostitute hides them out. Now, instead of ratting them out, she hid them away to protect them from, you know, the guards of Jericho. Now, what she does in the interim is is feed them to, and he, they get to tell they actually tell her what they're doing out there. And she trembles. And she suddenly realizes the the fear of God, right? Because what they tell her is all the miracles that God performed uh, by splitting the sea and escaping Egypt. And like, holy shit, these guys have God on their side, right? Now, the whole point of that is to, to illustrate exactly what Gabriel's saying in his sermon. Guys, I put you next to people you didn't know because you have to remember that these people are your family. You have to remember those miracles that happened out there. Don't forget. But also, what this is also supposed to illustrate because of Jericho's walls, when things are easy and you're protected, don't forget the miracles even though you're comfortable. Like you remember what happened out there. That's when things were tough. But don't forget the miracles in here. Why is that important? Because you have to remember from whence all things come and it's from God, let's say. So even when times are tougher, even when things are... Not tough when things are easy. Just remember why that's the case. Because of these miracles on the waters. On the waters, we got the Red Sea once, and the Jordan, the Jordan River again when when the surveyors were coming in it, during flood season too. He was making a point by doing that. But here's the thing: the sermon that that Gabe is mentioning was from Luke fifteen twelve, and this is where the prodigal son comes in, right? And the younger the younger of them said to, to said to his father, and Israel is supposed to represent. The younger son. The father is God. The young think they know better. They're unrestrained. They're liberal. They're liberal. I mean, like in a more like we're out there. We're doing our thing. We we are self-determined people, right? This is all from us. This is God, whatever. I'm doing the thing, right? But then the son comes back and he says, "Father, give me the portion of the goods that it falleth to me," which means like the natural goods, like free will, self-determination, uh, self-sufficiency. And then God says, and he divided unto them his living. You know, oh, hey, that's what you're supposed to do, right? But God kind of flips the script. And he goes, that which I gave to you, I now give to all men. He says, well, you wanted the free will, but mm, I I gave it to everybody. So whatever happens from here on in, that's that's not on me. That's It's, it's everybody. So you have to account for everybody that you meet in your, on your path. Like, you can always come to me for forgiveness. You can always come to me for mercy. You can always come to me to 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 atone let's say but i i gave free will to everybody you want to you want self-determination then you're gonna have to deal with it on an even plane with all these other people whom i created but you know you can always come back to me for for my protection you know you can do whatever you want <laughs> that's what free will is dude <laughs> so, so and so that's all this to illustrate so when i look at this place that ian and his followers his 40 followers are by the way 40 40. 40 days, 40 nights, right? Love that. Mm-hmm. I refer to it, the apartment that they're living in, as Jericho. This is the walls of Jericho. And Negan is, is shuttling in the priest. He's like, okay, the, you are technically, you and your the dude Carlson went bananas, but you're technically like the spies. Now, I can I can hold you in here, and I won't say, you know, I'm going to give you some kindness. By the way, in this, the end of the story, by the way, Rahab, the, uh, the prostitute, is spared from the walls of Jericho falling as a result of Israel coming in or God's wrath, rather, coming in. Uh, because she had she had spared them and gave them kindness, she, her, she and her family were spared. Anyway, all of this to say that, kind of like on the heels of the last episode with forgiveness, Eugene was forgiven by Rosita and Abraham. He, in turn, forgives Maxine, and he asks for forgiveness of Ma- Maxine for being an ass. All of this kind of plays into this story here. At the end of the day, when it comes to the Commonwealth, though this bad thing happened we have to look at things from a larger view we have to learn how to move past this or at least learn that even though there is a flaw you know we we might have to get past this because we need to all work together 99.9 percent of all the people at the commonwealth are probably really good people so it kind of makes maggie's story stupid a little (laughs) a little bit with herschel being a man of god too of all things too Part of his pride was that he, you know, you you want to outlast the people who want to take you over. But at the same time, is the Commonwealth that those people? Are they the same as that corporation that was trying to take her land, her farmland? I don't know.
2: The Wells of Jericho story, that, that didn't jump out at me. But I did kind of think about when he was talking about or how he made them all sit next to strangers. And, and the comment he made was, when we're out there, we we're all family. You basically accept these people because... They're going to help you fight out there, but the same thing doesn't happen inside the walls. And he was questioning, like, why not? Which they really should be closer knit and they should be looking out for each other because, as we've seen time and time again, when you get too comfortable, shit starts flying around and you're going to need the person next to you to be just as good a fighter as you are so that you both survive this, you know? Or at least have faith in one another. Well, I mean, I'd I'd take muscle over... (laughs) Faith if I'm actually fighting practical. walkers. <laughs> that was kind of what struck me. He like He's basically telling these people, like, you know, look, don't completely ignore each other because there may come a day where you need to lean on these people you now consider strangers. You should be just as tightly knit inside these walls as you would be out there fighting and killing to protect each other.
3: He could be saying that to his to the people that came from Alexandria, even though they're not the ones in there. He could be just kind of putting that out there because they all need to stay together and Gabriel's now that they're saying in the commonwealth. Yes. Now, I'm saying he's not saying it, but I'm saying this could be said to the people that he came, uh, people from Alexandria, because now that they're in the commonwealth, they've all been split up and, and sent different places and different roles. They're not the close-knit group that they were, and it's because they're in the commonwealth and they're split up. So I feel like that's something he could be saying to them. You know, don't mm-hmm. forget that we're a family. Don't let the
0: commonwealth...
3: Make you forget that we were a family.
0: You fell into my trap. Fell into my trappy. Because I'd always thought when it came to our group, the group that we've been following, that they are entering, let's say, I'm not saying they're entering the walls of Jericho, but they are kind of like the Israelites. They're going, they're strangers in a strange land called the Commonwealth. Right. But what is the lesson? If not have faith as much as this place challenges you, I don't know. Maybe it is the promised land. It may not be perfect. If you lose faith in the fact that it could be better or that could be the place which God ordained or, you know, at least the writers of the show, then all it will be taken from you. Because these these two verses kind of go hand in hand. Don't think that it's a self-determined thing. You have to have faith. You have to believe in this place to make it work. If you lose faith in this place as a place that will work, it will fail. The, the, the funny thing is that you and I, as viewers, we're viewing this place from all directions. We're seeing how, not I, I'm not going to say corrupted, but the, the fast and loose deals that need to be made to keep this thing afloat. Now, if people, this is going to go to the crescendo of this season, if people see that, they might lose faith. And they don't, that, that alone can make the walls of Jericho fall. So it does make you wonder. And it, it does go back to a question... I had asked on this show maybe a year, two years ago, let's say. And this question had changed the way I looked at the world fundamentally. Like, would I rather live in a world that is absolutely uncorrupt, but but nothing gets done and everything is shitty? Or would I rather suffer some corruption and have things work pretty well? Now, many people have the inclination to say... No, no corruption, and everything is shitty. I I want no corruption, and that's how things should be. That's not the world, folks. The whole thing is an exercise to kind of challenge your moral moral framework. Hierarchies tilt towards corruption anyway. It's up to us to straighten that, but at the end of the day, it exists, and it it will always exist. People are self-interested people. So all I'm saying is that that's how we have to view the Commonwealth, and if we lose faith... It may be taken away from us. And then where will we be? We'll never get to that level two person that we're meant to be. The the, th- the looking forward to the future place that we're supposed to have. We're just going to be like Maggie, you know, eking out today, which is not it's, not, it's not, it's pretty bad. Okay. Like, I don't blame her, but it's pretty bad. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty sucky. I, I like sleep <laughs> and I like maybe a chicken every night. Okay. Not just every two weeks. If that
1: <laughs> on that point though, about Maggie like choosing not to go with the Commonwealth and not like going with the flow and doing you know what she's supposed to do, do we not think in some respects, Gabe and Aaron are also making a mistake by not just sitting quiet and you know just accepting that this is happening? because really that's they they surely know that right, this is gonna get fed back down the chain of command, and you know this could have consequences for Alexandria and our people. And at the end of the day, there are two people against 12 soldiers and they, have, they, they don't have guns. They could have easily died in that situation. And they could have easily wound up in a situation where, say, they did survive. Okay, there's now going to be consequences.
0: That's something to chew on. I just don't see our people being okay with that. If it didn't go down the way it did, something would have happened on the rooftop as they were chucking people off of it.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm not saying they should agree with it, but at the end of the day, if they're you know, going along with the Commonwealth, playing playing the part for the the greater good, Um, then they probably should have been quiet.
0: I, I think the reason why they're not quiet is that none of it's justified. I think even Carlson... Well, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Is Carlson still convinced that, that these people did the thing, that attacked the caravan? And that's, that's actually a really good question when you really, really think about it. Is Carlson on a track on his previous tracks? And it doesn't matter what they say. He's just doing the things he re, he's used to doing. Or... Is he like still convinced that this is the thing, right? Or, and it doesn't matter. or And that people don't matter, maybe even. i mean, We're the Commonwealth. And maybe do our guys see that and say, oh, we're damned anyway, because this guy might kill us anyway. But you ask a good question.
2: Aaron and Gabe were the only ones who didn't know the the full plan. Yes? And Jesse.
0: Yeah, even Jesse didn't know. Jesse didn't know the full plan either. Oh, and,
2: Je- and, and Jesse, and Jesse, okay. Okay.
1: Did the did the soldiers know the full plan?
0: I don't think they know, and I don't think it matters.
1: <laughs> well, that's that's what I was so, just asking. That, do, that's do, what I just do, do asked. The, do the, do the just blindly blindly follow orders? I think then? they're just
3: doing what they're yeah. told. I don't, these, I don't think they or, know.
1: Or are these specifically like, as in, are these just like regular troopers, or are these is like Lance's special troopers that specifically kind of? I think are they're on just Lance's regular side? troopers. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's what I—that's what
2: I meant when I just asked—is was Gabe and Aaron the only ones that didn't know? Like I assumed. Well, obviously Toby knew what was going on, but I would have—I would have to assume that the soldiers also knew what Toby was planning to do, because like he needs Toby? them Toby to, to back up. Oh, okay. he needs their because he needs their backup when he starts killing people right. or is he just gonna or does is he just going to assume that when they see him shooting they're gonna be like oh time to shoot pew 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 like i i feel, I feel like there needed to be a little conversation beforehand
0: <laughs> you know I, I i'm i'm kind of agreeing with sharon D. there's two specific reasons why one is what we just saw in the last episode mercer says to daryl you got to fall in line like the rest of these people right everybody has their role to play they're always a walking. bigger reason. Yeah, they're always, wa- right. And it doesn't even matter if they're always watching. It's, it's the, just like religion, which is heavy through the, throughout this episode, which binds and blinds, you know, binds people together, but also blinds people to any other way. It it, it, bind, it also blinds them from their own, sorry, their own ambitions, let's say, or what we're talking about, naturalism, like the self-determination, self-sufficiency, etc. Like, okay, but everything of mine is from God. But it, uh, it applies to soldiers as well. The second point is, it's not just about falling in line, and it's not just about that. What is the the trooper class? This actually emboldens my theory about the trooper class. What is the trooper class, if not a means to escape poverty? And what would you do to achieve that? Who would you follow? Anybody. Because you know you're making a difference and you're getting paid for it. And you're not starving. And you're valued. You know, you're actually valued for what you do.
1: And, and is it like, um, you know, Milgram's theory of just, you know, where you blindly follow orders because... A person in a position of authority told you to do them, which is heavily associated with any military ever, not just the Commonwealth, not just the walking dead.
0: Precisely. so Mil- Milgram was illustrating that that's inherent with everybody though, not just in a military capacity, which I love yes yes but yeah.
1: that that kind of ideology is used a lot control. Yeah.
0: But um, you're illustrating a very good point, though, like because the appeal to authority, well, there's the appeal to authority fallacy, but then there, because which is what was trying to debunk Milgram, but but we do appeal to authority like there is that factor, you know, when given the option to do the right thing, we tend to follow authority because it's proven or because it's it's just what's above us because we fear consequences, etc, etc. Or we fear to stray from the pack. Which, of course, what is well, a trooper if not the pack? That's
1: more um, going on to, like, social normalization theory. Right,
0: right. But they follow. They all follow. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, you all you all do the same thing. It's until, like, one person steps out of line that other people actually start to think that they can.
0: Yes, yes, exactly. Which is, to Merce's point in the last episode, so so Rachel, uh, that's the only reason why I don't think the troopers even know. They just see a man who is in charge and, to, and says, shoot, and they... Better shoot, because that's how they're trained. I mean, that's that's Mercer, actually, when you think about it. But I almost I don't blame them, because that's what they're supposed to. For all they know, these people still did it. It doesn't even matter if they did or didn't do it. We're here to do a job. We're here to follow orders. We are your tools.
2: So really, they went into this situation, and only Toby Carlson knew what was going to happen. So. Yeah. Okay, so that was that was my original question. Were Gabe and Aaron the only ones who didn't know? And Jesse, but yeah. That now you're saying that that. that oh no! That's everybody the didn't know except that for only
0: only Carlson. That knew.
2: O- so only Carlson knew. So nobody mm-hmm. knew what was going to take place in this building except yeah. for Carlson. That was yeah. my question. Yeah, sorry. I, <laughs> yeah, did Carlson at any point tell the soldiers, "Hey, here's what's going to go down. I need you to, you know, be ready to shoot." If it comes, you know, when this happens, like I, this is going to happen. Be ready when it happens. Or did he just say, fuck it. I'm going to do whatever I want. And fingers crossed that they have a faster trigger finger than the bad guys.
0: It's funny. <laughs> I, I, I feel like they don't even like him because of what he does to Crow. Right? Sar- Sergeant Crow. Uh, Like, are, are you are you there over over? Yeah, I'm fucking there, dude. What? <laughs> so, but when told to shoot, shoot. That's what they do. I
1: mean, no, no, nobody likes that. Commanding officer in the army—it's a, it's a known rule. <laughs> <laughs> but you still, you still, yeah, you do still follow, they yeah. Say.
0: yeah, Which is to say, like, okay, that that really, because I, I, I'm, I, I, don't like talking about the next episode. But at the same time, I see, I see other people entering the building, like Carol, and then Mercer's there somewhere, and
1: I, I think Carol's in a different building. I don't. I, think.
0: I, I have that feeling too. Like, oh, it doesn't have to be the same building. As, uh, but regardless of the fact, like. What if Mercer gets involved? Who is he going to side with? And will he just follow his training? This could be the thing that splits our group apart, and this could be the thing that gets some of them killed too. Mm Because this is something we've been we've been avoiding. Like, I mean, Alden is one thing, but then, like, one of our main characters, what if Gabe dies, what if Aaron dies?
1: The the thing is, though, I don't see... Say they do, like, send back up in and Mercer and Daryl and Rosia shows up. I don't think even, like, with everything, like, with all the training they've done and everything, I still don't think they'd just be like... Yeah, okay, I'll just shoot my friends. You might believe that Maggie's maybe done something bad because we've seen Maggie do something bad with the Reapers, but when you've got Aaron and Gabe stood next to her, you really think, like, was gonna take the other side?
0: Well, I feel like the people that probably are in most peril are Gabe and Aaron, because they saw what actually happened. And when it, if it came down to Carlson versus them two, even if they knew the truth, I think they may have a stink about it, they may fight out, they might fight. But if they start pulling knives and, and guns against anybody that challenges them or tries to kill them, because Carlson, that could be that could be disastrous for them. Because look, you were told to follow orders. They didn't know. Let's just be honest. They didn't know what was going to happen, that they were part of a, mm-hmm. a black op or something. But at the same time, that's not what it says on the papers. You know, or I don't know, at least Carlson's papers. And then Okay, then that opens up a whole other can of worms, because if there are more troopers, I don't know, I'm assuming, that are coming down to back up the troopers that are already down there, that means Mercer is going to be involved, because remember, his authority was circumvented two episodes ago, so he may want to know what the fuck is going on down here, and he might be either at a turning point, I hope, because if he gets on to get on, that's bad for us, for all of us, because he's just going to follow the chain of command. I don't know if Carlson's above him or below him, but he might be below him. He is general fucking, that's his title, general fucking Mercer.
2: Well, I was just sitting here thinking that if Carlson was the only one privy to the entire plan here, Lance could play dumb and say, what? Mm. Carlson did what? Oh my gosh. And like, act like he had no idea what Carlson was going to do. He can, I'm praying you're right. <laughs> death, he could definitely deny knowledge.
0: With the knowledge that he was prior CIA and that he has he's a little unhinged he could use that Mm -hmm. right
2: the drinking thank you for saying that sure Um, now with that being said what does that mean for our commonwealth reinforcement showing up are they coming to help Carlson in his efforts or are they coming to neutralize what Carl the situation Carlson has caused
0: right who what are the casualties right
2: Mm -hmm. or the
0: collateral Mm -hmm. damage let's say because right. now they're in something, right? Because now they caused something. This is like, I hope they don't do something like sociopolitical here. Like, oh, you know, the U.S. was trying to bring democracy. And look what happened. <laughs> <So> like, whatever. <laughs> well, now we got to clean this mess up by killing everybody. <laughs>
2: Well, and then that that. Yeah. And then we have to ask, like, okay, let's pretend Mercer and his reinforcements show up because they heard Carlson went crazy. Oh, my gosh. This this soldier went nuts. He's he's killing people. He's throwing people off buildings. We need you to go down there and, and fix this situation. So Mercer and his gang show up and they take out Carlson uh, and or uh, maybe other soldiers that try to fight back. Or, I don't know. Maybe they're like, oh, yeah, man, he's crazy. I'm so glad you showed up. We didn't know what to do or who knows. But then what do it they It doesn't do? matter if he's crazy. You
0: follow his orders. Anyway, sorry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, the, the soldiers that are left there with Carlson are like, uh he's we're supposed to be following him but you know so we did but he's a little
1: unhinged so
0: i'm sure mercer would have understood
1: i'm sure if mercer showed up and was like carlson is not doing what the commonwealth wants i think everyone would be
2: like okay mercer thank you for telling us absolutely i think mercer's authority trumps carlson's absolutely Mm. absolutely agree Mm. yeah but i'm wondering if they come in and they neutralize the Carlson situation what's going to happen to the rest of the the residents in this building were they instructed right. to bring them back were they instructed to silence them
1: well negan's got plot armor so
2: well yeah yeah not worried about about him but but everybody else he's with you know what what happens to them right
0: right the collateral damage do they get into mm-hmm. do, do they go through the screening process or do they get through the firing squad process
2: and it's pretty clear they don't have the guns is that right they don't yes they absolutely they don't, don't have the do guns yeah no, i don't okay. think so okay and is like well, saying i hope well, now you, you have say the you guns. don't think so right <laughs> i see yeah. i wasn't by the end of the episode that wasn't clear to me whether they did or did not have them
0: yeah i don't think they do which makes us all okay. the more awful
2: okay so now so now we gotta ask ourselves where are these fucking guns and what
0: i said in the beginning was i have a feeling. Yeah. Leah Shaw has something Leah, to do with
2: this. Yeah, Leah probably has something to do with it. Now, oh my God. if that's the case. That's terrible.
0: That's, I mean, I get it. If, <laughs> Listen, I, I thought it.
2: If that's the case, I think it's safe to say that Leah probably found some other survivors herself because do we think she could pull off an attack like this on her own?
0: Because the tracks, right? Oh, yeah. no, I don't think so.
2: I don't think she could pull it off on her own. I mean, she's capable and a badass, but um, I think, I think she found a handful of other people to help her out with this. If, if yeah. it is, in fact, her.
0: Look, there are three tracks. One could have been the ferals. <laughs> no, one is definitely um, those religious people. One is something else. But what what's the third track? As little visibility they, as those arm as that armor provides the Commonwealth soldiers, limited, and movement. Yeah. I could see a ninja Leah Shaw taking some of them out, but not all of them.
3: They never said how many were in the convoy, either. They just said they were a bunch of 20-somethings. They didn't say there could have been six, there could have been ten. I mean, she could take out four or six, probably.
0: Well, there's there, 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 the word he used, he used was caravan, which means more than one. So which means mm-hmm. how many, are, how many are guarding that car? It has to be at least two, <laughs> or maybe three. And so, how many people are guarding that caravan? At least 10, maybe more.
1: Yeah. Four the, per side per vehicle. Yeah. I, I definitely imagine that it will be a group that have taken out the caravan.
2: So the, the three Commonwealth soldiers that Maggie almost hits, were they from the caravan or were they from the apartment complex? Cause if they were from the, the, caravan that oh. could have been another set of tracks
3: the one with this throat cut was the one that that the knit lady with Negan stabbed in the throat so I'm pretty sure yeah. that so those from the three apartment. soldiers
2: had come from the apartment complex okay. okay that's what I think all right I was just wondering if we were seeing any evidence of this attacked caravan because we didn't see it anywhere right no bodies no well stuffs. we never got to see the convoy
0: see... caravan whatever right yeah right okay, the, I, okay somewhere okay. else <laughs>
2: Okay, Somewhere making sure else. I didn't miss something.
0: No, no. And that's that's the troubling uh, it, thing, too. We don't know who did this. It's definitely not those the the, Jeric- the city of Jericho. It's definitely <laughs> not. We don't know who this is. That's still in the air.
1: One possibility that I had thought of was, say that Lance isn't like associated with the resistance whatsoever, potentially one of the soldiers that was supposed to be guarding the, com- the caravan maybe took out the other soldiers, or like two or three of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that and them soldiers are part of the resistance, and then they've taken these guns to another location to mm. so mm-hmm. kind of run off with them. Mm-hmm. It's like it's just a possible idea.
2: So it might not have even been an outside attack. It was internal. an attack. Yeah.
0: yeah. Wow. So that everything that that Lance, makes a lot of sense. So so Lance was Lance was sending Carlson Toby Carlson to the slaughter potentially. If he did kill all these people, he has a smoke screen, right? But if he doesn't, then he has a scapegoat. Like, oh, you know, that guy's unhinged. You got my people killed or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I'm saying? It makes, uh, you know, our caravan got hit. And uh, yeah, we sent this guy to, to root it to root out the people that did it. And he they got killed. Pamela, I I, I need reinforcements here because uh, fuck this <laughs> shit, you know? Meanwhile, they could have all been guns. Like you said, Jasmine, they could have all been guns that were meant to get hit. Because cuz Lance is part of the resistance. Ooh, I like that. I kind of mm. like Leah Shaw better, but I like that even better. Sorry. I like that. That makes more. <laughs> that is something that nobody would have thought of because of Leah, I think. You know that she's out there. She's out there. You wouldn't think that the enemy would be from in there. Okay. Okay mvp
1: it's more of like a nitpicky kind of funny thing but like <laughs> you know when the uh, jesse came riding like riding in at the beginning of the episode like dripping in blood mm. and lydia were like went over to him it took all the way until lydia got to him to be like oh he's been shot like <laughs> the blood like <laughs> the, the masses of blood pouring out of him wasn't a giveaway he, she had to get right up close to see that he'd been injured <laughs>
2: Well, she, she could have been checking for a bullet wound versus a walker bite, right?
0: Or or being covered in blood as a matter of not getting or, attacked or, by walkers.
2: Exactly. Or like, maybe I mean, it was a fake, way. maybe he you was got, faking You're going to for help he a little it. bit sooner, I guess. <laughs> I, I don't know. To be, to was, be totally honest, when I saw funny. him riding up. Yeah. When I saw him riding up. Okay. Okay. Let's go through the whole thing here. When I first saw him riding up. <laughs> let's let's I'm do like, this now. Yeah, if we're doing it, let's do it. When I first saw him riding up, I'm like, uh-uh, how the fuck is Percy still alive? <laughs> and then I, re- <laughs> then, then I realized it was not Percy. And, I thought, well. and then I saw him all covered in blood, it went, right? Yeah, He has a similar hair. But then I saw him covered in blood and like you said, Jasmine, like Lydia starts running over there and I'm like, no, Lydia, what the fuck? Like, stop. Like, he's clearly faking so that you will run over there and he's going to grab you and hold you at knife point, like, obviously. And then she's like, oh, he's shot. And I'm like, oh, okay. He yeah, because really that's her. what you'd
0: have done, like, Lydia. I,
2: I didn't believe him for a second. I didn't even think he was hurt.
0: <laughs> oh, what? So you really didn't. Oh, that's that's funny. Wow. Yeah. Uh, you know I realized there was one more thing I wanted to talk about that preceded that. Come on, guys. We didn't say this at all. Marco.
2: I know. Mm-hmm. I was. I screamed Marco as soon as I saw him. I screamed yeah. and clapped. Hello? Yeah. Oh, I was so excited. You I don't understand. I don't remember. Marco. What? Him and Elijah were were Marco, Marco is the guy Elijah know what was they were talking
0: playing. to at
1: the beginning. <laughs> the yeah. sun- oh, okay. I didn't yeah. Even realize. Yeah, yeah.
0: Marco and Elijah. Marco. Okay. Which also, like, them having this uh, shootout competition, doesn't, didn't that kind of remind you of Rodney, Gage, and Addy a little bit? The top of the walls a Hilltop a little bit? And that made me think of Legolas Remember and Gimli. Remember when Game they meet-
2: When were they... <laughs> From Lord of the Rings. <laughs> and my
0: axe!
3: <laughs> <laughs> counts as two! I was just <laughs> so excited <laughs> to see Marco.
0: Um... No, but I actually, I actually thought of like well, kids at the top of the wall of Hilltop. I thought of that. I thought of like them talking about you know, oh, somebody's hot, and like, oh, I don't know, like things like that. Like Enid, oh, she's kind of cute. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> I, I, it reminded me of the way it used to be, but obviously, it's not. Oh, because Elijah Henry. was flirting
2: with Lydia pretty hard.
0: Yes, <laughs> that—that's yeah. the common thread. That was kind of cute.
2: And he's like, "Do you want an escort?" And she's like, "Oh." Why? What is that? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, get it, girl. <laughs> it was buddy. It's like, well, I kind of like that.
0: kind of cute.
2: <laughs> they are cute, but as soon as they, like, have any sort of romance, one of them will Elijah's die. Elijah's so. mm-hmm. Yeah, Elijah's dead. <laughs>
0: Lydia's got some plot armor. I think, right? Does she? Uh,
1: Does she? <laughs>
0: I don't know.
1: I don't think anyone has plot armor except Negan, Maggie,
0: Daryl Carol, and Carol.
1: Carol. That's it. Rick Michonne. Well, Rick,
0: no. <laughs> Michonne, no. They're not on the show. Fuck them. But they're
1: alive.
2: <laughs> we know they're alive. Do we? And as and as long as they're not on the on oh, the show, we the can phone. assume they're not
3: alive. The phone. The phone that Aaron took out to show.
2: Oh yeah. Pictures on.
3: Right. The Remember? Old ass yeah. IPhone? That's
2: yeah. A- that's an upgrade That's an upgrade from the last photos he showed to our group right. in season five. But it made
3: me think of
0: Michonne finding the, the etching of her and um, Judith, Judith on the phone.
2: Judith, yeah. As
0: an adult. Well, not an adult, but like not a baby. <laughs> Believe a little longer, Aaron. <laughs> I just want to say that uh, Maggie's
3: going after her mans. Mm-hmm. Going to save her mans.
2: Except she thinks she's saving Aaron and Gabe.
3: Doesn't matter. She's still going to yeah. save Superman.
0: <laughs> I feel like I'm pulling more towards Rachel every day, in a way. Like I don't know if I like, because I think it's mostly because of them announcing the spinoff series. Because I'm like, can I now? I can feel comfortable like railing against it. Because like, okay, we made fun, but we didn't think anything would happen. It even when the show reminds you, or even when the showrunners re- remind you, guys, the spinoff isn't a romantic. They're not getting. Re- At the same time, I'm like, how can they not?
3: (laughs) I never, ever, ever said anything about romance.
0: I know, I know, I know, I know. Hate Quite the opposite, actually. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) Even still, now I can, like, I don't know what it is when people obviously fall into certain positions where it's like, okay, this is making me feel awkward. And I know that it exists now. So now I know they're surviving. Now I can feel like hate towards it. (laughs) Or like, I don't know, maybe not so much comfort in the making fun of things because right it was fun it was fun when we didn't know what was going to happen now that we know what's going to happen and be like okay this was fun in games <laughs> this I artist. Still think it's
1: hilarious because it was for rid- yourself right.
0: my friend it, it was ridiculous yeah now i'm, I'm
1: like i'm on team Day.
0: wait they end up on a show together what is going on here <laughs> fucking hell I, I do want to end off with on one note if we're if we are all wrapped up i think the reminder of luke 1512. At the end of the sermon, is really that I gave free will to everybody. You know, so in self determination and self sufficiency, you're all the same, Israelites and non-Israelites alike. You're all the same. But if you're willing to come to me, you know, if you believe, you know, I can. I'll do my thing. I'll do my my God thing. But the point is that you're all the same, which is which is basically what he's trying to tell the people in his church. We're all the same, which is to say. It doesn't matter if you're part of the commonwealth or not. We're all the same. We're all just trying to protect our people. We're not animals, Carlson. You know, we all want the best for our people. You have to remember that. You have to remember what it was like out there. You have to remember what it's what, it, what it's like in here. That yes, it may be easy, but you have to remember where we came from. The miracles apply whether, it's, whether you're safe or not. So it's important to remember as we move forward when we're dealing with the Commonwealth and all the shady shit that's going on, that, that this is the last bastion. It is Israel here. This is, this is the promised land. This is where we're going, people. This is it. Hell or high water. <laughs> Literally. Jordan. Flooded river, Jordan. Anyway. And with that, everybody, thank you for joining us for another episode of Squawking Dead, a rushed episode, albeit a pleasant one. If you like what you heard, head over to ratethispodcast.com squawkingdead and give us five stars as an eggplant. That's all we need to know that you love us. But tell us what you liked. Tell us what you didn't like, but tell us after every episode. And if you like the journey that we're on, albeit an early journey, because <laughs> we're going to pandemic, and you want to be a part of what we're doing here, this family that we're trying to build, this commonwealth, if I may, head over to ko squawking squawkingdead and just follow us. You don't have to buy us a coffee for 30 days of supporter back content. You don't have to join a membership tier for as little as a dollar to get the unedited episode recordings, the ability to join us in these recording sessions, or any of the other various perks, even the baseline level, or the ability to join us on stream like Jasmine did today, or the ability to get 50% off merch. You just have to follow us. When you feel like taking part, we're here for you when you need us. Just like God is. (laughs) When you need him, because we all have free will. And that's all I'm saying. You don't have to do anything you want to do, but we're here when you want to participate. We're always here take care everybody I've been your host David Cameo I'm joined by Cosmob Zero and I Rachel Burt Sharon he's a gardener, and Survivors Tier member Jasmine which is also at jasmine.iac on <laughs> <laughs> take care everybody we'll see you at Pandemic, and hopefully this episode will be released sometime sooner rather than later pray Yay. for me I guess <laughs> take care everybody we'll see you very you very more. soon goodbye
3: bye Say goodbye, Jasmine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> <sighs> <sighs>
0: you make it you make it good. You make it good, Jasmine. You make
2: it very So good. is is this a safe space? Because I feel very attacked.
0: Thank you again for joining us for another episode of squawking dead and this episode has been brought to you by our tier members which you can join as well Uh, it's a means of supporting us but also it's a way of joining the family getting behind the scenes perks the ability to join us in the recording sessions the unedited episode recordings the ability to join us on jackbox games as well as getting 50 percent off the merch store and if you are privileged enough you can join the survivors tier member uh, survivors here where you can actually join us in our episode breakdowns like these people who are uh, well let's start with jasmine. on Instagram who joined us uh, for this episode get, lending us her thoughts as well as alizajones Jones 71 on Instagram ko ficom fanartlindy uh we've got ex prophecy girl on Twitter that's Bridget and none other than. At Real Ryan GM on Twitter, these folks get the highest perk tier. They get to join us in the episode breakdowns. They make these episodes possible, and uh, they get a they get a lot of privileges. Um, let me tell you, especially in our Discord. But let's not forget about our numerous whispers tier members: at Judith.morton on Instagram, at Aiden the Raven on Twitter, at Tyler Philip Cox on Twitter and Instagram at fan 2 on Twitter and Instagram, uh, at frostedangel67 on Twitter, uh, at sandy.d.morrison on Facebook, and let's and who someone who joined us just after we finished uh, our premiere, so they technically slid in under the wire and joined us just after we premiered this on YouTube. Which by the way, you can follow us on YouTube.com slash squawking dead where we premiere our episodes first and then upload the audio to our podcasts second. So you should be subscribing to our YouTube page at J13 Voorhees. That's J13 V-O-O-R-H-E-E-S on Twitter and Instagram. Uh newest tier member, but longtime listener, longtime friend, whom I love. <laughs> in any case uh thank you again as always head over to me this podcast.com slash dead and give us five stars in neck plant le- just let us know if you love us but if you want to write more like tell us what you liked tell us what you didn't like uh tell us what you'd like to see more of tell us what you'd like to see not so more of but tell us after every episode but again if you just follow us at ko.fi.com slash dead let me say that again, ko-fi.com slash squawkingdead. Uh, you'll be in the know at least. You don't have to join a membership tier, really. You don't have to jo- uh, tip us uh, a coffee for 30 days to support of pack content. You just have to follow us. And when you feel like jumping in, there's no pressure. We're not going to make you do anything you don't want to do. But if you feel like it, you can do either of those things. I would recommend joining a membership tier because it's literally a dollar a month and you get a bunch of baseline tiers. And it really just sends us a signal that we're on the right track. Uh, that we're doing something worthwhile I'm your host David Cami. I was joined by Cosmom09 Rachel Burt Sharon D.A.K. Blazy Gardner and Survivors your member jasmine.iac on Instagram we'll see you in the next one very soon glad to be back from pandemic. breaking down episodes with you every week pretty much take care everybody see you soon